Over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about uh, friendship and what friendship in Scripture in different places, uh, different people's stories looks like. And part of the reason that we've been uh, tackling this, this subject of friendship is because of what a number of people have called a pandemic of loneliness, people feeling isolated from others. Yes, uh, because of uh, the COVID-19 pandemic, but even before that, people were starting to feel isolated. And as we've kind of continued through that, um, a number of people in and around our community, and my guess is even within our own congregation, there are folks that just feel isolated and like they have no close friends. And there's a number of studies that have been coming out uh, about uh, kind of the, the dwindling uh, experience of friendship that many people have, uh, whether that's not being able to name close friends or the quality of those friendships uh, diminishing or uh, the number of things that people are finding to argue and debate about and uh, break up friendships. I was looking at some different studies here recently on um, the way politics and people's political leanings is influencing who they're friends with or who they're unfriending on social media or unfriending in reality because they vote this way and I vote that way and they feel this way about this political thing uh, and I feel this way and so we just can't be friends. Um, and they're allowing those things to kind of further separate and further divide. And so we're taking this opportunity to kind of look at some stories in Scripture uh, of people who had uh, these deep connections uh, of friendships with one another and looking at how we might uh, work at relationships and friendships uh, uh, around us uh, to help combat that feeling of loneliness in ourselves and the, the, the loneliness that others around us might be experiencing. So we start this morning, let me ask a, a question, which might be a little tough. Uh, if you have something that comes to mind, feel free to, to yell it out, and if you're just pondering, that's fine. What is the foundation, what is the, the, the basis of your closest friendships, your best friends? Trust. History. Say, say that one again. God's Word. Acceptance. Common interests. I came across in, in my preparation for this morning... Um, some work done by New Testament scholar Scott McKnight, who uh, spent some time studying and looking at Aristotle's philosophy of friendship in the ancient world, and how that uh, had an impact on Paul. Now, Paul, of course, never uh, comes out rightly and says, you know, here's Aristotle's view of friendship, and here's how uh, my faith connects with that. Uh, that view of friendship or not. But Paul lived in a world that was saturated in, in kind of a, a classical uh, worldview and was heavily influenced by a, a number of um, 
Greek philosophers, uh, and that didn't mean that they went along with everything, but that's kind of the, the world, the society, uh, the culture uh, that, they, that Paul lived in, especially as he went out and was ministering in um, Ephesus and Corinth, and we were looking this morning at, at Paul's interaction with folks in Athens. Paul was kind of uh, saturated in, in a world that was heavily influenced uh, by some of these uh, classic philosophers' uh, worldviews. And in Aristotle's uh, writings, he talks about friendship in three categories. And those three categories start with friends of utility. Uh, which means that you get something out of that friendship. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you're using them for something um, or, or taking advantage of them, but the, the relationship is based on some kind of uh, utilitarian connection. Um, I get something out of this uh, relationship. Um, that could be, you know... Um, a waiter or a waitress, that, that you come to their restaurant every day, you know their names, you know their stories, um, but, but there's, a, there's an interaction, there's a transaction that's happening there. Uh, someone else that I was reading used the example of a, a hairdresser. That doesn't work for me. Um, my, my relationship with my hairdresser is, is deeper than, than other folks' relationship with their hairdresser. I know women. I know that your bond with your hairdresser is like that you feel like it's this close, intimate thing. Uh, my bond with my hairdresser, my wife, is a little different. Um, but but there it, it is a it, it's a there's a, a utilitarian connection there. Yes, maybe there's more of a relationship there than that. But but that's kind of the the friends of utility connection that Aristotle was talking about. His second category of friendship is a friendship uh, of pleasure that you just enjoy being with those people. Maybe it's a, a shared uh, common interest. Maybe um, there's just something that you like about them. You like getting together, hanging out. That's a good thing, all right? But there's, it's a friendship of pleasure. And this third category is uh, a friendship of virtue, pursuing a life of growing ethically and morally together. And as I said, Paul lived in a world saturated with Aristotelian philosophy, and we talked a little bit about that uh, in our Sunday school class this morning, that Paul was very familiar with Greek and Roman philosophy and religion. And in Paul's life, throughout his writings, throughout his letters, throughout the book of Acts, we see that Paul had an extensive network of friends, not just one or two, but he had lots of friends that were uh, connected to him and were helping him in his, in his ministry. He names several of them, Priscilla and Aquila. Uh, we know Paul had uh, another friend, Phoebe. Uh, we, we think maybe she delivered the, the book of uh, the letter to the Romans. Uh, he had other friends, Onesimus, uh, Epaphras, um, some other friends that, that Paul names in, in several of his letters. But of course, uh, that friend list wouldn't be complete without Timothy. Timothy was a close, uh, confidant, friend, um, co-worker in the faith that, that Paul was 
connected with in some very deep ways. And we're going to look at a little bit of that relationship between Paul and Timothy this morning. As we do that, would you pray with me? Jesus, thank you for this family of faith. Thank you for the friendships and the connections, the, uh, the network of folks that we have in this place. And for the, the friends and, and the, the brothers and sisters in the faith that, that might meet elsewhere uh, this morning or uh, at other times. And we thank you for uh, the body of Christ that we can be connected to. And we thank you for these examples of um, biblical friendship that can inspire and encourage each of us. And as we take a look at this uh, relationship between Paul and Timothy this morning, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts would be pleasing to you, O Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. The first time we are introduced to Timothy is in Acts chapter 16. We're told that uh, Timothy's mother was a, a Jewish believer and that his father was a Greek. We're told that when Paul met Timothy, he wanted to take Timothy along on his mission. It seemed that it didn't take too long for these two to, to really hit it off and for them to find uh, this camaraderie and, and, and for Paul to, to want to take Timothy along on his missionary travels. Um, one thing that was kind of um, hang-up for uh, Paul getting started in his ministry with Timothy was the fact that uh, because Timothy's father had been Greek, Timothy had not been circumcised. And where Paul was going, uh, Paul felt that he probably uh, needed to be circumcised. Um, that's kind of a strange way to start off a friendship. Um, and a you know relationship with one another, but that's that's uh, Paul and Timothy's story. Uh, I find that interesting that that's kind of how their relationship starts because later in Paul's ministry he will speak out against requiring circumcision, and, and it seems to reflect uh, Paul's own growing understanding of what it means to be faithful to Jesus. And so at one point, he's requiring Timothy to undergo this uh, corrective surgery. Um, and later, Paul's kind of in opposition to forcing others to, to be circumcised. But anyway, they go through it, and, and Timothy joins Paul. And, and Timothy accompanied Paul on Paul's third missionary journey. Timothy is noted in a number of Paul's letters. He's in the prescript of six letters. And two letters, additionally, are written uh, to Timothy, First and Second Timothy. And, and he's also mentioned in Romans. And so uh, Timothy has this, this deep connection to Paul. In 1 Corinthians, Paul actually calls Timothy, my son whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. And of course, we often view Paul and Timothy's relationship through a, a mentor-apprentice uh, framework. And in fact, that was the sermon I was planning to preach. Um, and then came across some other things and Holy Spirit working throughout the, the week. Uh, the sermon's a little different than what I had anticipated at the beginning. 
that mentorship-apprentice uh, relationship is really important. And, and there's lots of things for us to learn and grow um, that we need to be mentoring and learning from others depending on uh, your life stage. Uh, you need to be connecting. And I, we've been working uh, at that here at Spring Creek about this intergenerational uh, relationships and this network that we can be learning and growing from those older and younger, both age-wise and in the faith as well. But they had this deep connection. It also appears that Timothy became something more than, than a mere student, but a deep friend. And some have suggested that maybe we don't spend enough time talking about Timothy and his relationship and support of Paul. When we look at these different, three different kinds of friendships that Aristotle had talked about, like I said, um, the first one was friendships of virtue. When we're reading here in, in 2 Timothy, some were apparently uh, critical of Paul when he was in prison. Some even within the church uh, wondering why Paul's causing all this, this trouble, uh, why he's stirring things up in these different places, why he just won't kind of you know, quiet down and go along with the flow and let the church slowly do its, its thing. Some apparently were being critical. Paul encourages Timothy to remember and to rekindle his faith, to recognize the spirit of power, of love, and self-discipline within him, and ask Timothy to join him in his suffering for the gospel. And as a friend of virtue, Paul says to hold on to the good teaching, to guard the treasure entrusted to Timothy through the Holy Spirit. Paul seems to be reminding Timothy of their shared deep faith. And just because Paul's in prison, just because Paul's suffering at the moment, Paul's encouraging Timothy to, to continue in their shared virtue, in their shared uh, desire to grow in Christ-likeness. What we see in Paul and Timothy's life and in their friendship, it reflects a deep commitment to the good news of the kingdom and to being formed into the image of Christ, both of them striving to be more and more like Jesus. One can imagine that Paul's, you know, we call them Paul's letters, but we know that Paul is not often the one actually taking pen to paper, that there's others who are uh, kind of transcribing, writing down Paul's words. Uh, Paul tells us that because in several instances, Paul says, look, I'm taking the pen in my own hand now to write this part. Um, and Timothy might have been one of those that was helping to take down and transcribe some of these letters. We can imagine that there was a lot of discussion and maybe debate and thought between Paul and Timothy before pen ever fell to paper. Paul's letters, he would have talked them over. He would have, he would have thought them out. He didn't just get down and, you know, this is like a first rough draft. They would have talked about what message they want to be sent. And one can imagine that Timothy is, is a part of these, these, uh, these conversations with Paul in the shaping of many of these letters. 
I'm sure there was plenty of teaching and learning and debating and practicing of faith together between Paul and Timothy. When we think of these other kinds of friendships, Aristotle talked about friends of utility. And again, maybe that sounds bad to us. Uh, It's not meant to be a a negative thing. Um, And like I said, I gave some examples of what that might be like. And when we have these friends of utility, somebody that, you know, there's some kind of transaction or interaction that you're getting something from them or they're getting something from you. Maybe you're the the waiter or the waitress, you're the the person that's in a a service um, job or, or some kind of connection like that. I want us to see that these are opportunities for us to listen and to hear what's happening in the life of those around us. We can learn to listen and care for and have an impact on someone who is a friend of utility. These aren't meant to just, when, when Aristotle calls them a friend of utility, he's not putting them down, right? These are just ways that we are connected. And these are opportunities for us to listen with the heart of God to what's happening in the lives of those that we're interacting with. Again, another, uh, his other category is friends of pleasure. Maybe someone you share common interests with. Maybe someone you are friends with in a, in a club or an organization. They may or may not have the, the same value, ethics, or faith as you, but you just enjoy getting together. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing to have folks around you that you just enjoy getting together with doesn't necessarily matter whether they, you know, go to another church down the road or don't go to a church at all. You're allowed to be friends with them. Please be friends with them, right? And listen and look for the ways that that the Spirit is moving in those relationships. Friendships of utility and pleasure might be the beginning of deeper friendships of virtue. They also might be friendships that you are able to bless and be in relationship with and see where God takes those friendships. Not every friendship or every relationship is is meant to be um, a, a friendship of virtue. But each of our friendships we should approach with a, with a listening ear, with a sensitivity to the Spirit to see what God is up to in the midst of that relationship. But let me ask, who are your friends of virtue? Those friends who are on the journey towards Jesus with you who have a shared passion with you to grow more and more into the image of Christ, who is with you on the journey of growing in the ethics and morals of the kingdom of God. 
I said in in one of the past uh, previous weeks, yes, the the church as a whole is meant to be uh, about people growing and moving towards Jesus, sharing ethics, sharing morals. Hopefully, we're all growing in that direction. But also, it's really helpful for you to have one or two or a close group of friends who are those folks that you are practicing with. It's, it's just kind of impractical for us to have that kind of deep, intimate, uh, Paul and Timothy relationship with everyone in the congregation. So who are those close group of people who you are committed uh, to and who are committed to you? that you are growing in uh, these relationships of virtue, seeking to become more and more like Christ, who can challenge you, who can comfort you, who can encourage you to grow more and more to look uh, like Jesus. I also think it's important in these friendships Uh, of virtue, these close uh, relationships of growing in Christ-likeness, that it not be echo chambers. Echo chambers, what I mean by that is others who just say and think the same things we do. I know, that's where we feel most comfortable. Feels comfortable to be around people that just think and act like we do. And it's even sometimes harder for us to have um, Christian friends who don't always think and say the same things that we do. One of my uh, best friends that I've had in life is a a brother who doesn't always see things uh, the same way politically or even theologically. But he's been a a man of deeply committed faith. And we would, um, uh, it's a friendship that that I had in in the past. We don't live close to one another anymore, and so uh, there's some distance there. But when we were close together, there was, uh, we, we studied Scripture together, um, we, we shared life together, uh, we spent hours and hours talking after volleyball, we played volleyball together, and, and we would, uh, after the volleyball game was over, we would sit and talk about faith and life and um, church and, 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 you know, what Jesus was calling us to, and, you know, eventually our wives would call us and, and track us down, and we We'd have to break up the conversation to go home. Um, and, and yes, we shared uh, some hard experiences with one another. Uh, an, an instance where, where their daughter had an infection in her brain and it really wasn't looking good. And, and there were some, some hard moments there. We, we were um, having kids around the same time. And we still have a, a close relationship with them. We get together with them a couple times a, a year. But this was a a, a deep, uh, committed uh, brother in the faith um, that that we were friends of virtue. We didn't always have the same opinions. We didn't always come out exactly in the same space. But we knew that we were committed to following Jesus together. 
when it came time in uh, our, my own life, in, in Katie and my, my life, to, to consider um, how the Spirit might be leading us and that maybe the Spirit was uh, directing our ministry uh, towards uh, another congregation at Spring Creek Church of the Brethren, as we initiated that conversation, uh, this was a, um, a couple that we relied on and that we confided in and we brought them together and we said, hey, uh, it seems that God's leading us in, in a different direction. And we need your prayer with us in this discernment. It wasn't just Katie and me figuring out where God's going in this. Certainly you all were, were prayerfully involved in, in seeking God's leading uh, for the next step in, in your faith community. And we were doing the same. And this person was uh, someone that we went to and we said, hey, we need your prayer and we need your discernment in where God is leading us in this next uh, phase of life. And even though that meant moving away from uh, those friends, we still wanted to seek Christ together. And this other couple were able to speak and confirm our own sense of God's leading. Something I want us to see about this letter of 2 Timothy just this introduction uh, that was read for us this morning, is that yes, there is absolutely a shared virtue between Paul and Timothy. Paul encourages Timothy to rekindle his God-given gifts and to stand firm in the gospel. But this isn't about Paul and Timothy shared one Bible study together. They, they just met together once a week for Sunday school or, or, or something like that. But this came from a shared um, uh, commitment to the way of Jesus day in and day out. And it didn't, didn't matter where Paul was at, what church he was ministering to, what city he was in at the time, or later in, in Paul's life, Paul's in prison. They knew that they were committed to following Jesus together, day in and day out, suffering for the sake of the gospel together. This is a faith that has been lived out with one another through highs and lows for Paul and Timothy. Remember, Timothy had been circumcised in order to go on mission with Paul. That's pretty big commitment. Others along the way may have shared similar theology with Paul and Timothy. Paul writes that at some point, many of them had abandoned him. Through a deeply formed spiritual life together, Paul can write, to Timothy about joining him in suffering for the gospel, relying on the power of God who saved them and called them with a holy calling. 
And I imagine that Paul might be writing these words as much as a reminder to himself as he's suffering as to Timothy. Remembering why he's following Jesus. Despite being in prison, despite the things that are happening to him. He's reminding Timothy, but also reminding himself that he is in this with someone. That Timothy shares the the same view of faith, the same uh, movement, the same desire to grow, to be like Jesus. Paul needs to be reminded he's not in this by himself. He's not alone. Paul called Timothy a son in the faith. We see that it was a co-working in the mission of God. We don't know for sure if Timothy gets back to see Paul before Paul's execution. And according to some church traditions, Timothy would serve as a leader in the church in Ephesus and then be martyred for his faith there sharing in the suffering for the gospel as Paul had done. As we grow in our friendships, may we learn to foster those friendships of utility. Even in these moments of transaction, God's Spirit is present. And if we're attentive, if our, if our eyes are open and our ears are open, we might hear and see the possibilities and the relationships that might be opened up. May we also learn to enjoy the friendships of pleasure, shared interests, hobbies, uh, or you just like to hang out with that person. These friendships help remind us that we are not alone. They are enjoyable. And again, opportunities for us to hear and, and, and see the ways God's Spirit is moving in and around those friendships. May we also learn how to walk the journey of faith with others in friendships of virtue. Seeking to be transformed into the image of Christ together. To know in a deep way that there are others on the journey of faith with you. That you are not alone. When others walk away, when others, uh, uh, aban- you feel abandoned. When others might not walk down the same journey of faith. It is so important for us to have others who are friends of virtue walking down the same uh, path towards Jesus. So may we learn to foster those relationships, to grow in those different ways as we follow Jesus together. Our closing hymn this morning, we sang it a couple of weeks ago, is blessed be the tie that binds. It's in the blue hymnal number 421. Uh, This week we're going to be singing verses 1, 3, 5, and 6. Or follow the words on the screen. Okay? Would you stand as we sing together this morning?